This gospel message is brought to you by the Reformed Witness Hour, a ministry of the Protestant Reformed Churches in America, a Reformed denomination that strives to be faithful to the Word of God and the historic confessions of the Reformed faith, also known as Calvinism. In love for our great God, we proclaim the Christian faith and life that is founded on God's sovereign particular grace. As God's Word is expounded, we pray that these messages are a blessing to you. Marriage is given by God to be a picture of Christ and the church. We cannot say that too often. We cannot remind ourselves of that too much. Marriage is to be a picture of Christ and the church. We've seen that therefore marriage is built upon forgiving grace to each other. We've seen therefore that marriage has fixed roles. If it is to be a picture of Christ in the church, then the husband must be as Christ and the wife as the church. The calling of a husband we saw last week was to be the head of his wife. From the scriptures we learn that there are two key concepts in the headship of Christ over the church. And those concepts are, number one, that Christ has the responsibility, takes joyfully and in love the responsibility for his church. And number two, that Christ is the one who has the authority, that is, he rules and guides his church out of his heart of love. So a husband is to become responsible before God for the direction, for the good of his wife, and for the good of his family and marriage. And he is also then to provide that leadership, that guidance, out of the word of God for his family and for his wife. Now the apostle speaks of all of this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, where we read, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. And there the apostle says to us that that headship of Christ is seen concretely in two ways. And those two ways are that Christ protects and Christ provides for his bride, the church. Christ's leadership, which is his responsibility and his guidance of the church takes these forms he protects and he provides so also as Christ is the husband of the church so a husband must also protect and provide for his wife and family Christ as the head of the church protects his bride we read in Ephesians 5 verse 25 that he gave himself for the church. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I laid down my life for the sheep. He said in John chapter 18, If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which is written, Of all those whom thou hast given me, I have lost none. As the head of the church, Jesus Christ protects his bride. He delivered us from the utter ruin and the death that was ours by placing himself in between us and our judgment in order that we, through him, might be reconciled unto God. And he did this not only upon the cross, but he ever lives to continue this protection of the church, for he is the head of the church. 
And therefore he is able to say concerning his wife, concerning the church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Or, as we read in Psalm 121, He, the Lord of the church, never slumbers, never sleeps. He that keepeth Israel, keeps Israel day by day. The Lord is our keeper. The Lord will maintain and preserve his people. His love means that he brings the needed rescue from sin and the necessary defense that his church requires in this world. So Christ protects as the head his church. But as the head, Christ also provides. The Apostle Paul says that this aspect of Christ's headship over the church is to be expressed in this in these words. Verse 29 of Ephesians 5, No man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord, the church. As the head, Christ provides for the church by nourishing the church. What a parent does for a child, he feeds, he provides. And he cherishes the church. That word cherish, as it's used in verse 29 of Ephesians 5, is used there and the only other place in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7, where the apostle says that as a nurse cherishes her children, so were we, the apostle among you, Thessalonians, that is, we exercised a tender, loving care. Christ has a compassionate. Christ has a tender. Christ has a heartfelt care of his church. As the head of the church, Christ protects and provides for the church. And why these two? Well, because without these two, the life of the church is threatened. Because without these two, the church cannot exist. If Christ does not protect us, if Christ does not assume responsibility to stand between us and the punishment that our sins deserve, and if Christ does not faithfully provide and nourish us with spiritual life, if he does not do that, we will perish. We, the church, are not autonomous. We are not nuclear-powered. We are not self-sustaining and self-supporting. We are sheep. We are defenseless. We need one to protect and to provide. So, as the head of the church, Jesus Christ provides and protects. Now, husband, God has made you to be the head of your wife. And as Christ is the head of the church, so must you be the head of your wife to protect and to provide. If we fail in these two callings to protect and to provide, there will be nothing left for us to be the head of. A husband's headship, his leadership, his responsibility, is expressed in his providing and protecting his wife and family in both the spiritual and physical sense. The calling then of a husband as the head of his wife is to provide for her and the children both physically and spiritually, first of all, to provide, provide physically. The primary responsibility of the husband is to be the breadwinner as the head of his wife. Yes, 
A wife may help make ends meet at times, but Scripture sees the wife's primary calling as a homemaker and a manager of the home. And yes, husbands, you may share in her domestic labors. You may learn to help her out in her duties in the home and all of those many things that comes before her. You may certainly help her. But the heart of a husband is a heart that longs to provide. That means that as husbands we will position ourselves, we will lay down our lives in order that we might put bread on the table, provide for our wife, her physical and her spiritual needs. Maybe a man you say is disabled, or maybe you're temporarily in school, but nevertheless his heart, as it is indwelt by Christ, wants to provide, and his heart moves his body and moves his use of his talents and mind that he might provide for his wife. And he prays, Lord, help me, bless my labors. And secondly, as a husband, we are to provide spiritually. You can only provide spiritually for your wife as the head of your wife if you are growing spiritually yourself. You can only provide for her spiritually if you are daily feeding your own soul. If you've ever flown on an airplane and actually listened to the stewardess before the takeoff as she goes through various things and talks to you about the oxygen mask and says that in case of emergency, this oxygen mask would drop down before you and if you have a child with you, put your mask on first and then the child. Well, that's the way it goes in the spiritual life. You have to take care of your spiritual life first. That's why the devil wants you as a husband to sin. Because your spiritual life affects the whole family. If he can get you, your sin, your guilt, your unfaithfulness, who will be affected by all of that? Just you? Don't believe that lie of the devil. When you're made the head of your wife, when you're the head of your family, your spiritual life affects your entire family. You must believe that your spiritual life is the best gift that you can give to your family. You're maintaining your spiritual walk with the Lord is the very best thing that you can ever do for your family. You must understand that your pride and your impenitence and your waywardness and your toying with sin will bring woe upon your family. As a spiritual provider, take care of yourself. But then, as the spiritual provider, you gather your family together for worship. For worship under the Word of God. For prayer and for family worship. You see to it that your family attends a faithful biblical church where the gospel of Jesus Christ and His powerful saving grace is proclaimed. And then you also organize your family time of worship. You take the initiative you say, but I don't know how. I don't have any background in this. I don't know really what to do. What do you mean family devotions at the meal table? What, what, what do you mean? Well, ask your brothers in the church of Jesus Christ. Ask the elders of the church or ask your wife. You say, well, my wife is smarter than I am. She could really do this better than I. No, brother, this is your calling. See that your family reads the Bible, 
each day and prays each day and goes to a faithful church twice on the Lord's Day and discusses spiritual issues and see to it that your spiritual life is always an example for them to follow. That's what it means to be the head of your family. But the leadership is not only for the provision physically and spiritually, but it's also for the protection physically and spiritually of your family. I would like to emphasize here the spiritual, that you are spiritually to protect your family. Yes, there is a physical side to this protection. You don't say, as a husband, with the wife in the car and the children in the car, and you're on the way to church Sunday morning, and you get a flat tire, and you pull over to the side of the road, you don't say to her, well, I changed the last one. It's your turn. You don't say that. But you get out there, and you change the tire. You're the head. You're her husband. You are to lay down your life physically for your wife. You are to be considerate. You are to open the door for her. And you are to teach your sons to be considerate to women. Physically, you are to honor them. But above all, we are to honor them spiritually. We are to protect our wife and family spiritually. There are spiritual dangers coming at our homes from all sides. There are bombs. There are terrorists. There are the wiles of the devil. There are the powers of darkness. We need men. We need warriors. We need men of courage and discernment for the spiritual protection of our wives and families. How do we do that? Number one, pray. Pray for your wife and children every day, over and over and over again in the day. Lord, you pray, lead them in paths of righteousness, protect them from temptation, draw them unto thee in all of their perplexities. You are the high priest of your family. You are to call down God's blessing upon them. You are to pray for your wife and for your children in their daily need. Number two, you protect your family spiritually by setting the standards for your wife and family. You make things happen in the moral sphere. You protect them. You take the leadership. What is watched on the television? What mu music is heard in your family? What's going on in the life of your teenager? Your daughter, your teenage daughter, needs you as a father. She needs you in dress. You don't simply say, well, let the wife take care of that. No, she needs you to celebrate with her when she gets it right and she looks modest. And she needs you to say to her, you're not going out of the house dressed like that. And your wife ought to be able to say, go talk to your dad about boys. Girls sometimes simply do not get it. They do not understand the way boys are wired to see and to lust. They think that they are being cute. 
You are the one who must talk to your daughter about these things. You must protect your family. You must protect your family by allowing no unresolved anger in your family. We read in Ephesians 4, verse 26, Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. There are intruders that come into our home. There are arsonists that want to burn it down. There is the devil who wishes to get into our bedroom. You say, well, how? How does that happen? That's when anger, when unresolved conflict comes into your home and you do not deal with it. You are the head. It means that you have to go up to the room of your son and you have to deal with the things that are making him angry. Maybe you need to apologize. Maybe you need to say, well, son, the way I responded was not correct. But nevertheless, this is what I want you to understand. Perhaps you need to go with your wife before you go to sleep. You say, but it's her fault. And then maybe you say, well, because she's at fault, my head is hitting the pillow tonight, and uh, I'm not going to do anything about it. Is that the way Christ treats his wife? How many times has he come to you? The fault is yours, all yours, is it not? It is not Christ, and yet he comes to you. Don't let anger into your home. Protect your home. Be clothed with humility and wisdom. I know, I know, this does not always work perfectly. A son or a daughter may be unwilling to humble themselves, but you must try, you must lead, you must pray. For as the head of your wife, you are accountable to God. That's where this word leaves us. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Now what do you hear there? This is what you should hear. Are you hearing this? She's supposed to do what I say? That means I'm supposed to be served? Then you don't hear. You hear through your flesh, but not through the Spirit. When you hear that word of God, you will hear this. God gave me my wife and children in his love and wisdom so that with all the gifts that he has given me, I might lead them in ways that are pleasing to God in order that I might always be ready to answer my God for what I have done with my wife and my children. This humbles us. This shows us our need to be constantly following our Lord Jesus Christ in faith. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God came and said, now remember, Eve had sinned first. But what did God say? He said, Adam, where are you? What happened, Adam? You're the head. Where are you? So also, when there's problems in your marriage and in your home, God comes and he says, Husband, where are you? Is there something not right at your home? Maybe God has an issue with your wife. Maybe your wife is indeed at fault. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe your teenagers are indeed at fault. 
But I can assure you that when God comes to your house tonight to deal with those issues of your wife and your teenagers, the very first question he's going to ask is, is the man of the house at home? Where are you? You are the head. Let this be an encouragement to us, for God designed marriage this way. He did it for his own glory and for our good, and he will give grace. He will always give grace. He delights in using the weakest of means for his good. So, man of God, you who are chosen and redeemed by his mighty grace, here is your calling from the Master Jesus Christ. Joyfully bear the responsibility of your family. Lead your wife and children for their spiritual well-being. Heal discord. Lay down your life for them. Your wife and your children will thank God for you. And God will be pleased in you. Let us pray. Father, we thank Thee for Thy holy word. And we pray again that it may enter into our hearts by the work of Thy Holy Spirit. We pray that as husbands we may take up our calling before Thee, both to protect and to provide for our families, in order that Thy name might be honored by us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Gospel message you have just heard was sponsored by the Protestant Reformed Churches through its radio program, The Reformed Witness Hour. We hope that you have been edified and encouraged by this message. If you would like more information about the Reformed faith or the Protestant Reformed Churches, feel free to visit our website at reformedwitnesshour.org or email us at mail at reformedwitnesshour.org.